0: Thank you, Brother Don. Acts chapter 20 tonight, Acts chapter 20. Appreciate very much the music today and this evening. And I'm thankful for Don's help and leadership with the music and special music in the choir. And in honor of Don, we're turning the air condition on. And uh, he just heated up the place and he's the thermometer and he says it's hot. That Samoan blood uh, ought to be a little bit more used to this, but uh, I'm hot too. I I don't know if I'm hot because it's hot or if I'm hot because I'm watching Don, but we've got the air kicked on. Thank you, Don. Such good, good truth, that song. I'm justified, just as if I'd never sinned. That's God's declaration. That's not our assessment. That's how God views us. Not because of how lovely we are, but because of how lovely the Lord Jesus Christ is. And so wonderful, wonderful truth. Thankful for the many guests we've had. We've had a lot of guests over the last few weeks, and even the candlelight service Sunday night, and and then um, today, and just, just thankful. And as I've been looking at the guests that have been coming, so many have been coming because of an invite and a connection to somebody. And that's, that's very important. I think that says a lot about the testimony and the witness. And, um, and I think that that's the, uh, the more significant and substantive uh, kind of uh, contact being made and versus just a flyer in the mail. And we have gotten some of those and we're thankful. A gentleman was here today. He got one of the cards. Uh, saw one of the, I think he, he uh, the the uh, QR code card. He saw it in the workout gym, and uh, and so he scanned it. And and, uh, and so I think that was Brother Jerry Johns. You you left it there at the workout bench. And but I'm just glad for wherever people put those. And 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 we're we're thankful for that but number. Number uh, have been coming because you've been you've invited. Some Christy has had a couple come. Uh, uh, teller at the bank came for the candlelight service uh, along with her sister, and then a lady today came that uh, Christy invited. And so we're just glad for different ones where the cherry had a uh, guest come today. And and those those are very very encouraging. And so don't don't give up in inviting people to come. Acts chapter number 20, last service here before the new year. And it's not easy humanly to stay the course, the course that God's called us to in the world that we're living in that's unraveling all around us. But how do you stay the course in days of uncertainty? How do you withstand the winds of worry that blow you off course? How do you stay the course that God has set for you? Well, I think we can hear Paul giving some instruction out of a testimony in his own life that can help us. Look in chapter 20. I'll let you remain seated here, but notice in verse number 24. And this is a good verse to Mark if you haven't already. And if you think about the new year, 2024, here you have Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me, Paul writes, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You know, Paul stayed on the course in the face of opposition and persecution. He later says in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for you. And the thing that I probably pray for as much as anything else is that God's hand would stay on our church family so that we can stay the course and that God would protect us. It even creeps into my prayer for the meal that we're going to eat. It's because there's such a real uh, danger in us not finishing our course. I believe too many people run out of time before they run out of course. They get distracted. They turn back. They get off course. But Paul says, I ran out of course. I finished everything God gave me to do. And God wants that for you and me. And God has given us everything to help us stay on course so that we could finish our race with joy. But Paul, how did you do it? More importantly, how do we do it? Because sometimes we can chalk it up to, well, that was Paul, but what about us? How do we stay the course that God has set for us as husbands and wives? As a couple, as fathers, as mothers, as parents, as a a businessman or businesswoman, as a Bible fellowship or table leader, as a member of a Sunday school class, as a church family. Well, that's what I want us to see tonight from Acts chapter 20. And I want us to see here that what worked for Paul wasn't because he was Paul. Because it was God who had given him the charge and given him truth. And Paul's conveying to us. Acts chapter number 20. Now, a little bit of a background here. There was a riot that Paul experienced in Ephesus in chapter 19. Paul sailed to Macedonia. And then he had a seven-day stay at Troas. And we'll pick up beginning in verse number 7 of Acts chapter number 20. Notice in verse seven, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached to them, ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window, a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten, talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not A little comforted. Now, beginning in verse 13, Paul sets sail again and he ends up 30 miles from Ephesus at Miletus. And what happened at Miletus here is what we want to look at tonight that'll help us, I believe, stay on course for 2024. So let's continue our reading then in verse number 17. And from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mine, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews." And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit into Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy And the ministry I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching The kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and unto all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren... I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all, and they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake. That they should see his face no more, and they accompanied him unto the ship. This is a very solemn passage. If you can't tell in the reading, just a very sacred time. And this is something in which Paul's not just giving words without meaning or thought. But in this passage, while I'm not going to do it justice in in preaching this passage as it is, I want us to highlight some things that stood out to me just in Paul's life that allows him to later on say, I finished. I've completed. I've done what God's given to me to do. I'm, 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 I'm ready to meet God, I have no regrets. And so, how do you stay on course for 2024? Perhaps you've strayed off the course God has set for you. How do you get back on course? Well, three basic things I see in the words of the Apostle Paul. Notice back in verse number 18 and verse 19. In the second part of verse 18, he says, "'You know from the first day that I came into Asia, "'after what manner I have been with you at all seasons.'" Verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. You know how you can stay on course in 2024? If you're on course now, you wanna stay on course, you don't wanna get off. If you've been off course, you wanna get back on course. Number one, Keep serving the Lord. Keep serving the Lord. Paul says from the first day, he gave himself unsparingly to the work of the Lord in Ephesus. For Paul was an ambassador. He was not a diplomat. Serving, he says. It's a word that has to do with slavery. It speaks of carrying out the duties of a slave to serve as a slave, Paul said. Let me ask you, are you a serving saint? Would you be recognized in the eyes of others as a serving saint? Learn this. Every saint has been saved to serve. Every born-again believer needs a church family. Church is designed to provide you fellowship with God's people, yes. Church will provide you with healthy friendships. Church is designed to facilitate genuine discipleship. But church, according to Ephesians 4, is also God's way to equip you to be effective as a servant. Serving. What is your mindset about serving? Paul was saying, I always lived among you serving the Lord. Paul served the Lord by teaching God's word, by telling others what God had done in his life. You say, well, that's what I would prefer to do. He didn't do it because that was his title. He did it because that's what God gave him to do. He served the Lord by encouraging the saints. He served the Lord by praying for others. He served the Lord by living for Christ before others. By serving others, he served the Lord. You know, we have been saved to serve. You've been saved to serve. Serving the Lord has a way of keeping us on course. Nobody gets off course without first stopping their service somewhere. Demons, Paul said, he hath forsaken me. Why? Because he got away from serving. It's easy to stray when you're not serving. You know how I can tell when people get off? When they're no longer found in the serving department. That's do. and they don't mind showing up for a, a little bit of, uh, of recognition. Just not even getting recognition or the trophy or the award. But just so they can be seen. But when they're not in the field of service. And we know something's wrong. See, Paul's motive in ministry is found in that phrase, Acts 20 and verse 19, serving the Lord. I think that's his motive. He was not interested in making money. He told us that in Acts 20 and verse 33, or enjoying the easy life. You find that in verse 34 through 35, Paul says, I'm not interested in the easy life. I'll find that when I get to heaven. He was the bond servant of Jesus Christ, verse 24. So we see his motive in ministry is serving the Lord. But his manner, his manner of ministry is in verse 19. Notice what it says serving the Lord with, say the next two words, all humility, all humility of mind. See, I think there are some people who will check the box. Well, I serve. You don't know what all I did today. I taught a class, did junior church, taught Sunday school, went to Sunday school. I I was involved in music today. But let me ask you, how much of it was with all humility of mind? Or was it filled with pomp and circumstance, pride and self? Paul's manner of serving the Lord with all humility. Paul was not haughty or proud. His service was not done out of a heart of pride, but from a heart of humility. It wasn't look at me, but look at him. Yes, amen. Paul did not consider himself a religious celebrity, demanding that others serve him. Paul's humility was a sign, uh, excuse me, was not a sign of his weakness. He had the courage to face trials and dangers without quitting. Paul was not ashamed to admit to his friends that there had been times of tears in verse 19. His heart ached. His heart was broken. He served the Lord with all humility and with many tears. He had wept over the sins that others had fallen into. He had wept with others when their heart was broken. When he was saying goodbye to them, we read in verse 37, and they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. Not only did he serve with humility, but he served with compassion. What's your motive when you stand up to give a testimony? Is it to outdo the other ones who had a testimony? Or is it with all humility desiring for Jesus to be seen? Or is it so that you can put out a public announcement of how much you've done that you've not gotten recognized for? I'm telling you, we can be in church, never missing a service, and be off course. How are you going to stay on course? How are you going to to keep from being deterred from following Christ? When that which offends you more than anything else is somebody else who inadvertently hurt your feelings more than the sin that exists within your own heart, you're off course. Well, I think they're offended at me. They they just didn't look. they They didn't make eye contact with me when they were talking to me. I've already made it known. If you're looking to be offended, you don't have to look very far. People around are going to offend you. People are going to fail you. People are going to disappoint you. And I'll probably be the first in line, not because I want to, but because people, if you get your eyes off the Lord, you're going to find so many reasons and ways in which people fail you or let you down. But the truth is, like the pamphlet we've passed out many times that Pastor Hardy has written, It's not whether or not you feel like you're justified in getting offended. The real question is, can you afford to get offended? Paul could not afford to be offended. And he's trying to help others stay on course because we can't afford that. And what would change and help us be able to serve is to to serve the Lord with all humility and to have compassion. You say, I'm trying. Don't try, just experience God. Get close to God. As he labored, he watered his work with his tears. Wherever you serve in this church fellowship, whomever you serve in in the church, all of the service ought to be done with an authentic love and concern for those that you serve. Every ministry of our church ought to be built around our love for Jesus and our love for one another and our love for the lost it shouldn't be that hard to get people to want to work with the little kids it shouldn't be that hard it shouldn't be that hard to get people to want to step into the nursery we shouldn't have drama issues but it happens when You're not serving the Lord. You're finding people to serve you. There's no humility. I've said before, if God could put his son in a manger, you should have no drama when it comes to the children's ministry here at Canaan Baptist Church. If we would have had half the drama in Mary and Joseph that we have in our churches, we wouldn't have had the Christmas that we know today. But the truth is, they too had the same mindset as did the Apostle Paul, all humility in mind. And they were driven with compassion. In verse number 19, the Bible says, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. That is their attempt to throw Paul off course. It seemed, however, that persecution, opposition, it just caused Paul to stay awake a little bit more and a little bit more alert to stay on course. I can imagine as Paul was serving the Lord and resistance suddenly came, opposition came, reversals came. I don't think Paul was thinking, I wonder wonder if I should just quit, give all this up and go to some church and, Sit around where I don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. You know what, maybe I ought to just quit. Well, well that, that, that sounds a lot like your Jesus, doesn't it? Isn't that what he did for you? Didn't he just think, you know, instead of saving these bunch of wicked sinners and leaving heaven and going through the persecution, oh, well, I should just quit all this and go back to heaven. And he didn't think that nor do that. In fact, Isaiah 57 and verse 7, for the Lord God, Isaiah said, will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed. I remember hearing Brother Comfort over and over and over in Bible college remind us to set our face as a flint. If God has put me here God has called me here then nothing, no opposition no turmoil, no trial no reversal, no opposition of any kind ought to deter us. What is it that ought to guide us? And that is the call of Almighty God. That's the will of Almighty God and it's my responsibility to face the problems but focus on the God of the problems, the God of the impossible, and set my face as a flint. That's the way to stay on course. Put this down if you haven't put anything down. It's harder to stray while serving. It's harder to stray while serving. Just something about serving the Lord helps keep us on course. You want to stay on course for 2024? Keep on serving. Let me give you a second one. In verse number 20, Paul says, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, keep declaring the truth. Keep declaring the truth. I think, Brother Burgess, the gospel will still work in 2024. Yeah, keep back nothing, Paul said, verse 20. I kept back nothing. Dr. Luke here uses a medical term. Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. And he uses a medical term when he talks about keeping nothing back. And it's the idea of to withhold food from patients. And Paul says, I never did that. And he'd always spread the table full for people. He refused to hold back any meal that would add to their spiritual nutrition Paul didn't hold back the good news. He didn't hold back the powerful supplements of the Word of God. Paul says, I didn't keep anything back. Do you remember what Paul told young Timothy over in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17? He said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And he goes on to list for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, you cannot be complete without a steady diet of the Word of God. You will not be equipped to fulfill God's will and to serve without a steady diet of God's Word. Moms and dads, you cannot raise up young champions for God without feeding your children on the Word of God. Remember Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9 Moses was giving the responsibility and charge to moms and dads to stay the course in raising their children by keeping the Word of God before them. And keep on course parents. Keep sharing the truth of God's word with your children. Don't miss an opportunity to get God's word into your children. These should be non-negotiables. These are not extras. These are essential if you're going to raise a Daniel. If you're going to raise an Esther in such a hostile, volatile society. Here's what Paul did. Notice verse 27. For I have not shunned To declare unto you all the counsel of God. The word shunned was a nautical term which means to pull in the sails. Jesus said in John 17, verse 17, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Listen, around here, we're not gonna trim any scripture sails in order to draw a crowd, we're not pulling anything in, we're gonna let the scriptures fly. We're going to let the Word of God do its job. It's the Word of God that's the authority. It's the Word of God that changes lives. Did you notice what Paul included in his preaching in verse 21? Notice he says, testifying both to the Jews, also to the Greeks. Notice this, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, we don't hear very much about repentance these days. You're not going to hear that on... The the popular preaching stations, maybe, but it was popular with Jesus. It was popular with John the Baptist. Truth is, you don't get saved apart from repentance. You don't get near God apart from repentance. It is a change of mind. But we're trying to call people to pray prayers today in religious circles and religious gatherings and in concerts and in, in teen events. We're trying to get them to pray prayers for God to come into their life without calling them to repent, change their mind change what they believe about the God that they think they conjured up in their mind that others have told them. And to get back to the God of the Bible, we need a baptism of preaching that that calls for people to repent. And Paul says, that's what I'm doing. There's still no salvation apart from repentance. There must be changing of the mind about sin. That's Bible repentance. That is a saving repentance. And Paul says also in verse 21, another word. He says repentance and he says faith. Testifying both to the Jews, also to the Greeks. Repentance towards God and faith. Repentance and faith. They're two bookends, two sides of the same coin. And, and no one is putting real faith in God without having changed their mind to line up in agreement with what God's word says. And so, keep serving the Lord in 2024 to stay on course. Amen. Keep declaring the truth. I'm grateful for the ones who, who live to get one more day to give one more gospel track. Amen. Tell one more gospel message to another. Brother Burgess and Brother David here and they go out often. And um, Brother Freddie, Brother Freddie leaves more smileys all over the place and than maybe anybody and, and and it makes a difference. Um, it, it, it makes it not, maybe not the, the, the material we leave is making the difference, but the truth that's on that material and the truth that is spoken because it's, it's the, the dynamite of God's Word. It's the power of the gospel of Almighty God. So keep declaring the truth. Amen. Number three. Amen. Notice in verse 28. Take heed, therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Now, reading, he is talking to pastors here. But there are some things, I think, that will help all of us. Keep going, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves... Enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Verse 30. Also, of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. To stay on course for 2024, keep serving the Lord, keep declaring the truth. And number three, keep watching for wolves. Keep watching for wolves. The dangers around us in verse 29, that's what he says. He's talking about false teachers, counterfeits that harm the church. It's all around us. I mean, every time we are out, OPSAT, we see counterfeits on the same road that we're on. But they're not as obvious maybe as the ones we see going down the roads, but, but they're all around us. There are dangers around us, verse 29. Verse 30, he says there's dangers among us. (coughs) Excuse me. Verse 31 through 35. Notice this. Verse 29, dangers around us. Verse 30, dangers among us. Verse 31 through 35, dangers within us. "'Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years "'I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. "'And now, brethren, I commend you to God "'and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up "'and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified.'" I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things how that so laboring. out ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is where Paul puts, I think, the greatest emphasis. Take heed unto yourselves, verse 28. And then he names Basically, five sins that are incredibly destructive to the life and ministry of spiritual leaders in the church whom he's addressing. But I want to tell you, you don't have to be a spiritual leader with a title to know that these sins can affect you as well to get you off course in 2024. Let me mention these to you. Verse 31, therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day. Remember, he's talking to the spiritual leadership. He's trying to help them take heed, verse 28, to themselves. So he points out something in his life to help them with. Here it is, number one, you you've got to deal with, be on the lookout for the wolves that it would be considered a wolf or a sin of carelessness. Carelessness. Failing to stay alert. Forgetting the price that others have paid so that we might have God's truth. That's what Hebrews 13, verse 7 says Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or lifestyle. See, Paul's warning and weeping should remind us to take our spiritual responsibilities serious. The sin of carelessness. Are we careless? Are we just careful when you are up on the platform? Careful when we come into the auditorium? Paul's saying we need to be careful just about the things of God, which basically encompasses my whole life. Number two, the second sin and keeping watch for wolves is in verse 32. Notice, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Number two, the second sin is shallowness. Shallowness. You know, we can't grow ourselves or see the church body grow unless God is building our lives daily. That was the motivation for experiencing God. So we get beyond shallow, shallow Christianity. We we want there to be the substance of the reality of God. There's a balance between prayer, he says, commend you to God and the word of God, the word of his grace there in verse 32. Because these two must always work together. The word of God alone can edify and enrich us. And you and I must spend time daily in the word of God and in prayer. We we need both of them. We need to feed on what God thinks and what he has to say to us. And then discipline ourselves to be able to enter into communion with him. I mentioned to somebody the other day who had told me they were struggling getting through their Christ Walk journal. I said, don't look at it as a box to check or as a trial to get through. Your Christ Walk journal is simply a tool, a resource. It's your appointment that has been set with God. Meet with Him. That's the goal. Whether you get through it all, you get through it exactly is not the point. The point is God's waiting on you. You have an appointment set. Keep your appointment with Him. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to hear from Him. The third sin in staying alert for the wolves is in verse 33. It's covetousness. We must avoid covetousness. And Paul says, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Covetous. It means consuming and controlling desire for what others have or more of what we already have. You know, thou shalt not covet. Remember which commandment that is out of the ten? Remember what number it is? Yes, yeah, it's the very last one. You know, the danger of committing number 10 is if you're going to commit number 10, you're likely to break all the other nine to get to number 10. Those who covet will steal, will lie, will murder to get what they want and even dishonor their own parents. Covetousness, Paul said in Ephesians 5 and verse 5, Colossians 3 and verse 5, he says covetousness is idolatry. Somehow we have the wrong idea of who God is when we've been uh, uh, able to justify in our own hearts to covet, desire what we don't have that somebody else has or to have more of what we already have. A fourth sin in staying aware of these wolves trying to get in and get us off course is in verse 34. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. And so here I I say Paul mentions the sin of laziness. We must constantly confront the sin of laziness. Proverbs 24 verses 30 through 34. In fact, Proverbs deals quite a bit with this matter. Lazy, lazy spirit. Lazy People are not the ones that God calls to ministry. He just doesn't. Brother Comfort would say many times that God will call somebody who's busy, maybe doing the wrong thing. Saul was busy going the wrong direction. God steps into his life, changes his direction. Jonah was busy going the wrong direction. God steps in, turns him around, puts him in the right direction. But you don't find God calling lazy people. And then the fifth sin, verse 35, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you to support the weak, to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. He deals with and confronts us over the sin of selfishness. Selfishness. True ministry means giving, not getting. It means following the example of the Lord Jesus. And so what does Paul say? He says, therefore, take heed. In other words, keep an eye out for one another. Keep a close eye out over the church family, over your family, over your children. For savage wolves will come among you speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples, to draw away our children, to draw away the church family. Don't fall asleep, dad. Don't fall asleep, mom. Don't fall asleep, pastor. Don't fall asleep, deacons. Don't fall asleep, Sunday school leader. Keep a watchful eye on the flock, your children, your church family, and yourself. Remember what Solomon says in Song of Solomon 2 in verse number 15. He says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things that we say are not a big deal. Well, may not be a big deal at the moment, but it's a big deal if God is against it. It's a big deal if it's an infraction against the love of Almighty God. Now, in conclusion, how to stay on the course God has set for you. How to stay on course in twenty twenty four? One day life will end and we're going to give our farewell speech. It may not be as eloquent as Paul's. It may not be as as glamorous as the Apostle Paul's. But when we look back, can we look back without regret? Can we look ahead without fear? Will we finish our race with joy even while others are weeping? Well, Paul's roles, he's mentioned here several things. And uh, an accountant, a runner, a steward, a witness, a herald, a watchman, all of this is found in verses 24 through 26. But those three things that we've looked at tonight, I think, will help us as they help Paul keep serving the Lord. It's harder to stray while you're serving. Psalm 100 in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Even when people disappoint you, even when people let you down, even when people anger you, serve the Lord with gladness. Number two, keep declaring the truth. It's hard to declare the truth if you don't love it. It's time you decide to get into the Word of God this year, maybe like no other year. Don't wait until... You're at a point maybe like Dr. Childs who says, I just can't see. My eyes fail me. You don't have to wait to start getting into your Bible. You've got two good eyes. Get into the Bible and read it. We've been able to get Dr. Childs the iPad, blown it up to font 55, and and um, he reads a letter at a time. And so I think he's learned some Braille at the same time, getting it down. But the truth is, he spent years, years getting into the Bible, so the Bible's gotten into him. Get into your Bible fellowship class. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant. We're not asking to be a leader. Can everybody be the leader of the class or you wouldn't have a class. I'm saying get into the class with all humility of mind. Get into a discipleship class. You say well I've been through discipleship. You don't graduate from being a disciple. Get into it again. Get into church regularly. Spend time daily in the word of God. Get into the word so that the word gets in to you and then keep watching for wolves just keep watching don't make that your main thing make Jesus the main thing but keep watching for wolves because they're going to try to steal your family they're going to try to steal your faith but we want to be able to say Acts 20 and verse 24 go ahead and stand together as we close notice verse 24 but none of these things move me Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Stay the course. It's a part of getting back to basics. This might be our last year. But I'll tell you this, what I know about God, the best year of your life can be the rest of the years of your life. That's really true. I don't care how bad this past. Year. I don't care how how miserably you failed. The best of your life can be the rest of your life if you will serve the Lord. If you'll declare truth. If you'll keep a watch out for the wolves, and we can have the testimony of Acts twenty and verse twenty four in the year twenty. 24.